This is the Six Figure Exit. We are two entrepreneurs sharing how we've shaped our lives and our businesses. Our purpose is to help you grow your business and personal excellence. Happy New Year! Welcome back to the Six Figure Exit, everyone. Today is what, January 2nd, that you're listening to this, I'm sure, uh, or is when it's released. Um, I'm Gavin. I'm your co-host here with my good friend Carson of the Six Figure Exit, and we're super pumped to be with you in this new year of 2024, and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, just talking about how we can move into the new year, uh, kind of have a reality check what it, what it's going to look like for um, the economy, our businesses, our lives, and how we can kind of grab hold of the 2024 by the horns and um, take advantage of, of this opportunity that um, I think is maybe slept on. Carson, how are we doing this week? I'm doing good, Gavin. We are excited for the new year and the temperature is dropping. So hopefully we get some snow here <laughs> in Minnesota. It is, well, it's going to be January soon for us and we've got no snow. It's a little disappointing. Yeah. Little so disappointing. if you're in the snow business, hopefully you got some seasonal contracts. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> that's what's keeping us alive right now. So we got the guys out trying to do a couple of grading projects today because it just rained the last few days and uh, some job sites that people are building homes are muddy. Got to get some rock delivered, and every single gravel pit seems to be closed. So, because they're weak-minded the, individuals, they don't want to go to work on a Friday. Yeah, well, it's a casual Friday. They just take I, the day off. Yeah, right? I guess. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to twenty twenty-three. And it is. I mean, a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of people have take they just take the whole week of Christmas, New Year's, that whole stretch off. And I mean, that's I don't know. Some people need that, but I feel like it's also one of those things that I don't know. Just it's a holiday, like. It's a holiday, yeah. Not a holiday week. <laughs> you can you can still get some work done. Obviously, if like if like this time of year is when you take time off to be with your family for a week or go on vacation, then that's fine. I think that's great. I don't think uh, I'm not discounting the, taking time off. I think that's important in some shape or form. And if you choose to do it this week, great. If you're where you want to be, I think if you're not where you want to be, you shouldn't be taking the week off. It's as yeah, simple as that's, that. That's true. Don't complain in one hand, you're not where you want to be in life financially, and then you take the whole damn week off and get drunk and then party. Is that what you did this week? Or no, but I know plenty of people doing it. Trust me. <laughs> well, you're not around. You're not around, around the right people then. If you're, Actually, you know, I know plenty of people. I know of plenty of people doing it. So. But I think we want to talk today a little bit about having a reality check going into 2024, Gavin. It's been pretty easy the last few years, I'd say. I don't know about you, but I think, I mean, with the economy booming, I would interest say, rates low, it's been easy. Yeah, business has been easier. Like if you started in the last three, four years, five years, I would say this climate of business and the economy has been the best we could have experienced. And Which is when you and I both started, right, really. Yeah, so... so headed into this potentially, I mean, we don't know for sure, but this new year of 2024, um, I see more upside or more, I guess, potential of economic, uh, struggle, um, more of, uh, I would say reality of where it should be or where it's been previously. Um, it's just not going to be like everybody has free money to go take out bunches of, you know, loans that are super low interest and, you know, free money, like it's, that's not going to be the case anymore. It's going to be people need to pay cash for things and um, money's going to be harder to get. People aren't going to be spending as much. Jobs aren't going to be there. And so 
Uh, we just want to kind of go through kind of our opinion on what the year might look like. So maybe some action items and how we can adjust to that. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that we, Carson and I both have talked about is being, you know, your ber- your best personal uh, self and continuing to, you know, grow as a person is going to ultimately help you um, in any avenue or any season of life, including this upcoming 2024 year. So we want to run through that with you today. Yeah, I think the reality of it is there's going to be um, a slower economy. There's a lot of commercial debt that's getting restructured this year, and people aren't going to, these syndications and funds aren't going to be able to make the payments on them. And it's slowing down a lot of these big construction projects that are, you know, private money, not government funded projects. And that's going to create, you know, for us in the construction world, now all of a sudden these big contractors that are doing these, you know, multi-deca-million dollar construction projects are now looking at smaller stuff that is still being funded or whatever. And it's just going to raise the supply of the workforce and there's a lower demand from, you know, the developer side of it, which is just going to be, everyone's going to have to be more competitive. So it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a lot more work going into this year, in my opinion. I think the labor market's going to free up a little bit. It's going to be easier to find employees. Um, but there's going to be less work. And I think that's purely because like you said, there is less money floating around. It's not as easy to get money. I just am going through the process of refinancing um, where we're sitting right now. And I'm telling you like banks are getting more strict on who they're lending money to and they want more information about you uh, before they give out money. It's not as easy to get a loan as it was before. So you got to be more pre-qualified now. I love that point of, uh, you know, the labor market kind of opening up a little bit. I think that is a great way for people that are in business. Um, or even if you're an entrepreneur and like you're really dedicated to the business that you work for, um, is continuing to try to find the best people because people are going to be, you know, either laid off or their businesses are going to have to close down and they're going to need a job and you can be a place hopefully that can, um, grab those people that are highly skilled or looking for a job. And so maybe, uh, use that this, this year to just continue to build your team up. And obviously I know it's scarier if times are tough and, you know, if I guess if the work isn't there, then you don't want to hire a bunch of people, but if the work seems to be there and, um, even if it seems like it would be kind of a risk to bring that person on, I would maybe even think about just taking that risk because this is kind of the the times where you're separating yourself big time. This this is where companies go from good to great. I think in these harder seasons of, I think this year is going to be the separator of who was prepared and mentally planning for the future and with their company planning for the future over the next few years versus who just was like the dash for cash, make money, spend the money and over leverage yourself. There's companies that I know that have huge amounts of debt on equipment and things that I would argue probably shouldn't have. And some we've talked about a couple of them on the podcast, not specific names, but um, like there's a local company that is probably going to, they're insolvent. They have got too much equipment and they can't make the payments on it. If you were set up well as a company where you don't have that kind of debt and you were more cash heavy and you're cash heavy now, the labor market's going to free up and this is going to be a great time to poach other people from other companies, high level players, or just find people that get laid off from those companies that were really good, but the company was just mismanaged and it goes under or whatever. So if you're sitting in a position where, yeah, there's not as much work, but you've got enough cash to kind of power through some payroll uh, to keep and accumulate the best team possible, 
I think we're going to see the best opportunity in the last five years to do that is going to be this coming year right now. Yeah. What are you doing this year to separate yourself for 2024? This year, I think we're really going to get focused in on the key things that we know make us the most money and are the most profitable. We're also going to try to bring on more uh, reoccurring revenue streams. So things that are guaranteed income yearly, um, you know, multi-year contract type of services, whether that's plowing, um, a little bit of maintenance stuff or whatever, which a lot of our lawn care stuff gets subbed out, but just kind of having that reoccurring revenue coming in to cover our overhead costs. That's going to be a big thing we're going to focus on. And really for us, we're looking for a project manager for our design build side. Um, that's one of the things that consumes most of my time. So I need to find someone that can take that off my plate so I can focus on finding more good players and selling more stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. Is your role going to be mostly sales oriented? Is that kind of where your focus is going to be? Or do you want to try and find someone that'll fill that role too? That would be the next step. Like first and foremost, I think if I can find a project manager, um, because I would say I'm better at sales than I am project management. So I want to replace myself on the project management side and then focus on finding a good salesperson, which would be kind of the next step. Once that happens, honestly, like our company would be set up pretty well. I mean, we've got a book, good bookkeeper in place. Um, we've got halfway decent systems for kind of like running the back end of the business with like payroll and um, answering the phones and like website and that stuff. So if we've got a project manager in place, we've got a designer in place, and then we've got a salesperson in place that frees up a ton of my time to really focus on the business and kind of insert myself like where I need to be to like work on a certain part of it. If that's changing this procedure or looking for another employee here, I can work on those things to help the business instead of right now, I'm just stuck in the day-to-day -day operations of the business, which is what happens when you're growing and you start from scratch and you're kind of small and coming up. But right now, what we were just talking about before the show, like I'm in that mindset of what got us to here I need to get out of the mindset of what got us to here and what's going to get us to the next level. And that's me doing less operational and focusing more on the business. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice on how people can look for good talent or people can start delegating more or get out of the day-to-day -day operation stuff? It's difficult. Um, the delegating thing has always actually come pretty naturally to me, probably too easily where I just give a lot of trust and faith in people and um, so I don't have an issue with that. I know a lot of people, it's hard for them to kind of give up that control on things. Um, so I can't speak to that as much, but finding good talent is going to be the hardest thing you're probably going to do in business. If you're somebody like me, like I'm very good at sales. I would say, I mean, not the best, but I'm better at sales than I am at hiring and firing people. Um, so that's probably the hardest thing for me is trying to find good people. We've spent a ton of money on Indeed and like ZipRecruiter and things like that. And you get people that come and go. But honestly, like there's so much competition there. It's difficult. I feel like if you can hire people that you know, or I don't know if this is the year to do it, but a way that I've seen it done before and some things that have worked for us was like acquiring other companies and bringing on talent that way, or like partners to an extent, depending on like what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go with the company. Um, I wouldn't like take that lightly, like bringing on a partner and like just to try to solve a temporary, you know, employee problem. You right. know what I mean? But um, there, that could be a solution too, for some people, I would say like the biggest thing that's helped us this year, the biggest change for us was, um, I'm just gonna say it blunt, like in the trades and in the construction industry, the Hispanic community is a better, more, um, qualified, I would say workforce than most other communities. They're just hardworking old school American values. They want to go to work six days of the week and they just want to work from sunup to sundown every single day. And they love it. They're thankful for it. 
we found a crew of Hispanic guys and they've been the absolute like godsend for our company. And I think like targeting communities where their culture is all about hard work, like the American culture just simply is not about hard work anymore. Quite frankly, it's just our generation and current generations, I feel like are not about that. Um, but other cultures are more driven to work. The Hispanic community is just one of them. And I think if you can target the cultures that want to work um, and the people that want to work and go to where those people are, a lot of those people aren't on Indeed. They're on places like Craigslist or go to local churches. Churches is a great one, honestly, to find people because um, everyone there has got good morals for the most part. Um, they're there for the right reasons and they're probably hardworking because of those morals. So I think honestly, like churches, I think is going to be the win for 2024. Well, luckily we attend the church that is a lot of people. <laughs> I do honestly. And there is a lot of people there like high vis, uh, work boots, yeah. cowboy boots. And when you're in the trades, like those are indicators. Like yeah. just start talking to those people and just find them. Why do you think the American culture is not as hardworking as some others? I think, it, I mean, it obviously used to be, we built in the shortest amount of time, one of the greatest countries this world's ever seen that we know of. Um, we could get into conspiracy theories on that, but, um, about different worlds. No, about civilizations that are not recorded or known about on this world, but, um, like the city of Atlantis, mm. <laughs> I don't know. but I, I would just say like the last few decades, years, whatever you want to call it, like th it's just been too easy for people the, this generation, like our generation has been given things by their parents. They were incentivized to, I would say, go play sports instead of go to work and chase like this college and like um, professional dream of like sports or just handed things. And not like sports is necessarily it, but I'm just saying like, that's an example I've seen a lot of growing up was these kids would just be given money and like, hey, you're playing sports, you're not doing this. They chase that dream all the way through college. They get through college and like, okay, well you didn't make it pro, now what? So Yeah, well I think I, that sports becomes an identity for a lot of people. And I, I mean, I think it's, I actually was talking to Sophie about this just the other day about sports and how people just revolve their life around sports growing up and, and through high school and college. And, um, I mean, if, if you do become professional athlete, like that's what needs to happen. But I think there needs to be some sort of reality check of your skill level and your children's skill level. And I don't think that you need to push the sports onto the children as much as it is. I think it's kind of ridiculous that we have, um, you know, hockey practice at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. before school or, you know, practice or even tournaments that are Thursday to through Sunday. Or And yeah. I, I honestly don't really care for the Sunday activity I would agree deal because yeah. I think that is a sacred time that we should use to spend time, you know, worshiping God and going to church and spending time with family and being intentional with our families. And it's just so missed that nowadays it's just kind of irks me a little bit because it's just turned into this competition of more, 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 more. And I think that's kind of what has hurt our economy while well, is hurting our economy right now is because people just have been spending, spending, spending and money's running out. And I don't think people are kind of aware of that. And oftentimes they're just kind of in the fog of like, oh, it's always going to be better, but well, money's going to run short. I think what happened to your point of the thing, it's always going to be better is 
during COVID when the government sent out free money, I feel like that's one of the biggest mistakes that could have been made because now everyone does have that in their mind. Well, if we get into a really bad situation again, the government's going to bail us out. And that's how companies think like happened to GM in 2008. They got bailed out by the government happened to, um, almost all the airlines in COVID didn't they get bailed out as well. Or maybe that was, I'm not sure. Maybe that was 2008. Like airlines got bailed out as well, but there's a lot of companies that think that way. And they just know like, Oh, Silicon Valley bank, again, getting taken over by the FDIC and bailed out. Like if people, and this is harsh, but at the end of the day, like if people that put their money into Silicon Valley bank, never got any of it back, except for the 250 grand that's FDIC insured and millions of dollars truly was lost. How much more cautious would that make everybody in the country of making that same mistake again? All these other banks would be on edge. They realize there's not a bailout coming. There is no one there to protect them. It's truly on your own merit. It's a merit-based system. You either win or you lose. And it's not, oh, well, we lost, you know, hit the reset button because the government's going to come bail us out. So I think there's a little bit of that mentality. And I think I truly believe like the strong men create good times, good times create weak men. And I think we're in the weak men create bad times point of the movie right now where things have just come easy. Like, we went through the strong men creating good times, like 60s all the way through, you know, probably the 90s, early 2000s yeah, even. And now sure. we're in this, like, our generation grew up, like, I mean, shit, there's not been, like, serious major wars in our lifetime. And there's not, like, huge economic downturns. Like, 2008 was probably the worst, but still that lasted three, four years. And then it started to kind of recover pretty strongly after that. Um, and then especially for us, like, getting into business in the last three, four, five years, this has been the best three, four, five years ever to actually get into business. As far as I'm concerned, um, depending on the line of business, you're like what we're in, it has been, I know other businesses, not so much, but I just think we're in for a rude awakening for 2024. And those of you who think otherwise or aren't preparing for that, I think that's a foolish choice. Yeah. No, this isn't, and this is not uh, a show to scare you at all. Um, no, but more it's to of a prepare sh- you. Yeah. It's a show to kind of motivate you, um, and kind of give you some guidelines and some, insight of what maybe we think that is what we're going to be doing into this new year that's going to help us and set us up for success, um, whether it's financially or in our relationships or spiritually, physically, kind of just some guidelines and what we like to live by and getting some structure and some um, thoughtfulness and understanding what we want out of this year. And like I said earlier, grabbing it by the horns and um, taking that 2024 year for a ride and not letting it take over your life and get into, you know, you show up next year at this time and you're like, Oh boy, I didn't, uh, do anything to help push my life forward. So, um, being really intentional about setting your, your goals for the year and really putting a lot of effort and discipline behind them is, I think is what's going to be a separator for a lot of people. And I think like set an uncomfortable goal. Set something that's going to push you out of your comfort zone. Cause the reality of it is like, if you just sit in your comfort zone and kind of like, you know, inch forward a little bit each year and yeah, that's fine. But I guess take a look at your life and like, where do you want to go? And are you in a super great spot right now where you can do that? Or do you want to keep leveling up? Like, I know we've talked about, like, we want to keep leveling up forever and like pushing ourselves. So set goals that force you to do things that you wouldn't normally do, you know, to an extent, don't like screw yourself because you set this outlandish goal that, now you took on a bunch of debt or something like that that was stupid, but um, set meaningful goals, but don't be afraid to push yourself, step out of your comfort zone. What are some goals that you have, Gavin? Some goals I have going into the new year um, is kind of, I wa- I'm really want to focus on my time. Um, and I want to do that because I want to be able to invest the 
proper amount of time into each cup that I want to fill. So whether that's my, whether that's my faith, my fitness, my family life, my business, I need, I have needed structure in the past and I need structure now to at least give me some guidelines of, okay, this is when I need to be at the gym. This is when I need to be at work and really being disciplined in that time frame of this is the window I get for this activity for, you know, my faith or my fitness or my business. And so I think staying true to like, and discipline, like, okay, it's six o'clock at night. I I'm done with work entirely because I need to be in, intentional with my family and I need to be present at the dinner table. And that's kind of what's really been important to me um, or eye opening to me recently is like just really setting structure and guidelines to my time. And I think people often don't realize how their time spent is affecting their outcome and affecting just their level of success in all areas, whether it's like we've talked about our, our health or our financial well-being, um, I think is often missed. So that's, I'm grabbing 2024 by the horns by setting schedules and really being diligent and consistent with sticking to it. Yeah, I think we've used that analogy a couple of times, like filling your cups or your buckets of these different like aspects of your life and allocating time to that. That's something that I know we've both been focusing on this previous year here um, and continue focusing on going into this coming year. But I think one of the things to speak on on that too is it's okay to have unbalanced depending on where you are in your life as well. Like I think faith's always number one and should be you know important no matter what or where you are in life. You can't have that take a back seat. But I think when it comes to, you know, fitness, business, family, and these other things, like for me, I guess right now, like, you know, single bachelor living on my own, like don't need to spend that much time on family, so to speak, because there's not as much there, you know, obviously like my family, family, but I don't have a kid like you do or a wife and so on and so forth, which makes it more difficult for you to spend as much time either on fitness or business. But for me, I could spend a lot more time on fitness or business because I don't have as much energy going into that because it's just me more or less at the end of the day, besides my brothers and mom and dad and whatnot. So I think it's okay to have some imbalance and realize like what the season of your life you're in. Um, don't go so extreme with it where you, you know, isolate yourself or you just focus on one thing so much that it ruins everything else. But I think having those kind of levels, it's like the soundboard here. You're going to have yeah. different levels throughout. Well, and we've um, talked about burnout too. Like, I think if, I don't know, I, yeah. I, don't, I haven't really reached a point where it's, I've burnt out because I feel like I've been somewhat good about spreading my time throughout the priorities priorities that are in my life. But if you put, you know, all your effort into work for, or your business for 20, you know, 20 months straight, and that's, you're just going to get burnt out and it's not going to go well for you because you're going to be unhappy and unfulfilled and not feel good about what you're doing. Well, I think there's, I've heard this controversial um, or a different opinion really on burnout and, the guy was saying, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was saying that burnout really only happens when you don't have like this purpose or this ultimate goal you're working towards, or you kind of get lost in who you are, or why you're doing this. And then you get burnt out, which I think honestly has some serious truth. Like throughout your life, like your goals are going to change a little bit. I think that's, what's going to create that burnout. Cause you're going to be working so hard when you've got this like big vision and it's so clear in your mind and you can visualize it. And it's just, you know, you're so excited about that. I mean, you'll work, you know, 24 hours a day, right? Like you just go to town and you'll work towards it. I mean, I will, because I just, I want that. And I can like, you can taste it. Like you can see it. 
But if that vision becomes blurry or you can't see what you're working towards, all of a sudden you get burnt out because what am you I don't doing? Know why, why, doing why am I doing this? Yeah, what's the purpose behind this? It doesn't seem like it's going to get me anywhere or get me to where I want to go or where do I even want to go? So I think really clear goals, purpose, vision of where you want to go and actually like spend time visualizing like what that looks like. I know it was Ed Milet, I think was probably talking about this because he was talking about just visualizing um, what you do or what you want to do. Like if you want to have the private jet someday, like visualize like what kind of jet is it and picture yourself like walking up the stairs and you know, what, what camera angle are you at when you're seeing yourself walk up the stairs and get on the plane? Or if it's, you're coming home to your family, like what's the house look like visualize every little aspect of it and make it a reality in your mind. And that's going to help you pursue and chase that goal, which I thought was pretty interesting. I kind of like that. Yeah. Painting those details out, I think makes it seem more real or more achievable and more, I guess, top of mind, or I guess more relevant in your mind. So I think it pushes you to become and do more. Um, and I think people just don't sometimes put that into perspective that their vision and their goals can have a huge impact on their success. That's, I think it's going to be like everything when it comes down to your success. I've worked with people that, you know, wh where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. Like just kind of like, you know, doing my thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, well you can pretty much tell they're going to have a shitty work ethic and they do like almost every single time. I mean, you get some people that, you know, just kind of like anomalies, but it's far and few between like someone that has a vision for their life and what that looks like is going to have a good work ethic if they're in the right, you know, seat to like kind of get them to where they want to go or they can see like how this gets you from point A to point B. And I think that's why like setting goals within your company, um, set like, you know, where the company wants to be shows and show like visually to your employees, like where's the opportunity if the company gets to here, well, all of a sudden like little Johnny that makes your, you know, foreman position, a project manager position or a salesman position. And that gets you to where you, your income wants to be and what your lifestyle wants to be. And like visually show that throughout your company. Yeah. Have you done a good job with that? No, <laughs> but <laughs> that's something I mean, we're working on. Yeah. I think that's something we're working on. And I would say like, honestly, the last few years, it's just been really difficult. Like, you know, everybody in the trades knows this, but it's difficult to find skilled labor right now. That's, I just heard a statistic the other day, like 40% of able-bodied people in America are not working. And not that they're all, yeah, not that they're not on unemployment, like they're just not working. So like retired or, you know, okay. whatever, but I mean, that's a lot of freaking people. When you think about like, you have a hundred percent of America that needs the infrastructure of America to yeah. live grocery stores, transportation, like all this stuff, but only 60% of America is like contributing to like everybody. Like it's a lot of dead weight. Yeah. It's a lot of dead weight. So not, hey, I mean, you know, what I mean. <laughs> soon to be dead weight. Oh boy. <laughs> Boomers. <laughs> um, anyways, but I think, um, we want to get better at like portraying that within our company. And I think the last few years we've not been as good at that because honestly, and this is a mistake we've talked about in another podcast. It's a mistake I've made um, was just getting somebody in the door because we needed someone to yeah, grab the you need a body. You need a body. Yep. We need someone to shovel and the jobs aren't going to get done without them. I would argue that would we be in a better position um, as a company if we would have just not hired that person took on less work and, just focus more time instead of selling more stuff. Like I said earlier in the podcast, like I'm better at selling than I am at finding people. So I being undisciplined, 
navigated towards, well, it's easier to just sell shit than it is to hire really good people and find really good people for me. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just focus on You're selling putting gas stuff. in the fire, but no one's there to tend it. Yeah. I mean, this thing was just a wild fire <laughs> everywhere. City, but, the city got called and everything. The city got called. Yeah. Fire trucks are there, you know, <laughs> they're there spraying it down. But I think just being mindful with, yeah, how you find people, find good people and just don't hire people that don't fit your core values and purpose. And if you don't have core values and purpose in place and somewhere like visually where if you've got a shop or maybe it's just at your house in your garage or something like that, where you got your mowers and the guys show up or whatever, um, have those, or maybe it's just in the trucks on a postcard or put on the sticker on the dash. Like, yep. you know, here's our core values and then put it next to the no smoking in the truck sign. <laughs> That's the other thing that bugs me. But, um, I mean, just have it where people, your guys can see it every single day. Guys and gals can see it every single day and, it's a reminder constantly of like why they're here and why they're doing what they're doing, why we're all doing this together. Well, I think to the point of, to kind of counter that a little bit is not just having stickers on the wall or stickers in the truck, like actually living out those values and having those purpose um, conversations within every single meeting or every single hiring or firing incident or, um, you know, just whether it's quarterly, like I said, meetings or getting together with a leadership team. I think everything should be kind of centered, like your conversations should be, should be centered around that. Whether And it, it could be like an instance where you're on a job site and you, you there was a hiccup and something needs to change or you need to fix it. And so you, as a leader, need to revert back to your values and have a conversation like, hey, this doesn't reflect back to our core values Maybe that's why this happened. Here's how we can adjust and move forward to, you know, make sure we don't do this next time and fix this mistake. Yeah. I mean, if you're, I think that's kind of a given, like if your core values are excellence and integrity and you show up to the meeting every Monday morning, 30 minutes late and you're the owner of the company, <laughs> it doesn't look good. So you got to have, you got to be what you are asking of other people as well. So you got to have the same values. You got to show those values, have the values, um, and I, like a big part of it, like you gotta have it like memorized too. Like what's your purpose? Like to a T, like if you have it written down somewhere, you need to have that memorized. So at any point in time, like quiz, it's natural. Quiz, yeah. The quiz it guys like, Hey, what do you, what'd you do today to show one of our core values? Yeah. You know, what'd you do today? It was integral that you could have, it was an opportunity where you could have lied, but you were integral about it. In that book traction, um, Carson gave me, uh, or is letting me borrow. <laughs> um, I actually got like 30 of those books, so you can just have it. Oh, sweet. Um, there, he was talking about how, you know, they're, they're big on structure and core values and purpose and putting the right people in the right seats. And so he uh, was talking about this one company example in the book about how this company gives out, I think a, some sort of gift card or gift each, I don't know if it's each week. Um, and it's based on how one of the employees exemplified one of the core values for that week and whoever exemplified the, the values the most gets the gift. And regardless of how the week goes every single week, there's a gift based on the person that, that, and it's assigned by the last person that received the gift too. Oh, so the person that received the gift has to, has to assign it, assign to, the it to the next person, That's which I thought was a cool idea really cool. and a great way to, keep values kind of top of mind for everybody because they're going to have that initiative, you know, to kind of win that gift or win that prize. And then the person that won it last week is the one that assigns it to the 
the following week. Until you get the two buddies that keep going back <laughs> with each other. Well, I think, and I think it said that it can't every everybody has to hit it before it recycles. Yeah, but I thought that was a cool cool way to do it. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. I think that's really good. And the reason we're talking so much about you know the employees and all of this to for your goals in 2024 is at the end of the day, like yeah, there's um, self-employed. Uh, what do they call it? Entrepreneur when you just kind of like you know by yourself or whatever. No, or, or what. It's that's self-employed. Somebody, just self-employed. Entrepreneur yeah. is someone that works for a business that doesn't own the business, but oh. they're someone that is kind of centered around the values and ideas of an entrepreneur, but doesn't have the risk or as like an entrepreneur would have. So they're okay. focused on the, the growth of the business. They're behind the values. They're behind the purpose. And they're just in the business, not, you know, involved with the ownership of the business. There's another woke term, not woke, hip term I'm thinking of. <laughs> it's all the same these days. Um, but like the guy, um, solopreneur, that's what it is. Sure. I think I've heard that before. Well, you're just kind of like your guy, you're on your own, maybe you're a general contractor, you're just doing your own thing or whatever and you don't have Self-employed, you got a job. Yeah, self-employed, you know, just doing your own thing. Yeah. But uh, I think at the end of the day, like if you want to build a company, like you just need people. So that's why we're talking about this. And our goals are, you know, going to that next level, which it seems like we've kind of hit this, you know, me personally, I've kind of hit this barrier within our companies where like we're maxed out at what I can do. And now the next level is like training people to go on so on and so forth. So that's a big thing for our goals moving forward um, is really bringing in those additional people and bringing them to the next level. And it's going to be difficult. And that's where I think the personal development side of it and like mentally, you know, physical has been a huge one for me, which has helped my mental thing, just like working out constantly. Um, has been huge, but just breaking that barrier of like what I did to get me to where I am today is not going to, you know, or what, what I've done to get the company to where it is today, that personality and mindset that I've had needs to shift to go to the next level because what I've done to get us here is not going to be the same. That's going to get us to the next level. I need to have a different mindset. I can't be so operational. I need to be more strategic and getting other people in the operations and management side of it and learning how to be a better leader at the end of the day. Cause I would say like, I'm just not a great leader on a scale of one to a hundred, probably like 30 to 40. I mean, I've been doing it for three years or four years. I don't have that much experience doing it, but try to keep it a positive environment. And, but it's something I'm self-aware of and you need to work on to get yep. better. So what, I guess to bring it back to a question for that, Gavin, like how would you say like for someone like me who is, or someone listening, that's you know aware that they're maybe not the best leader. They're aware of that and they want to get better at it. What are some things that they can do in 2024 to become a significantly better leader and lead their team to that victory that they're looking for? Um, I would say looking at leaders that you admire is a great way to kind of put yourself in a better position um, going into the new year or whether, you know, you're trying to change how you are or how, have you, how you've been. Um, kind of emulate, you know, what those leaders do. Um, whether it's you have some idea of the actions that they take, whether it's, you know, in their faith or their fitness and, you know, try to input some of that into your life. And also a lot of the influential leaders that at least that I listen to or um, look up to, I, you know, read their books or listen to their podcasts and just try to soak up as much information of how they've become such a great leader Um and I think that is just kind of a great way for people to get started. And, and it's kind of one of those things that is ever evolving and ever changing that you, I would say, would want to continuously work on is becoming a, a great leader. And what I've done is just been good about staying kind of narrowed in on certain leaders that I 
can resonate with or kind of see myself becoming someday and really kind of not consuming, but studying their content, setting their path and their experiences and their success, their failures. And I think that's a great way to kind of leap ahead in leadership coming into a new year. Um, and that's, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. I'm sure Carson, you're going to do the same thing. Yeah. I think one of the big ones for me is like you said, like kind of identify, you know, what are some of these traits that these leaders have, right? Like you look at other, I mean, just I mean, even other podcasts, right? Even though we're the best, it's number one of, growing a, show in the world. <laughs> there's a lot of other, thank you guys. I appreciate that. It, it's because of you listeners. Um, so if, if you are listening to the show, please share the show with a friend, a family member, business somebody, partner, business partner, enemies, enemy, share with an enemy. Yeah. yeah. Um, we appreciate it. But one of the things too, like when you're identifying these people, like that you look up to or, or, you know, that you kind of can see like, Hey, this person is kind of where I want to go, whether it's the same career path or whatever. I mean, it doesn't need to be like a social media influence. It could be somebody within your company. Um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur word, I just learned if you're an entrepreneur, it could be somebody within your company and kind of like understand some of those character traits, good and bad, and take those good ones and kind of craft those into your goals, you know, micro goals for like this year. I want to, and a great example is like, think about some of the people who listen to like Alex Hormozzi, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, real business owners, like there's four podcasts. Like what do all those people have in common? They're ripped. Like they're in good, <laughs> they're in good shape. Like yeah. every one of them's in great shape. And it's because they're disciplined and they want to be in great shape. So I take like something like that and go, okay, well, if that's one common thing that all of these guys that are significantly more successful than I am yep. have in common, that's one thing I can work on in my life is getting better shape physically, which helps mentally a hundred percent, like more than physically, quite frankly, just working out and being active is mentally great for you. Well, and I think another thing that they all do well is they all read a lot. Like they read a lot of books and I think, I guess to, I guess counter that a little bit. Harmozi is not a guy that uh, I just was listening to one of his shows the other day. He's not a big reader. Um, he kind of like he reads, but he only reads when he has an issue, and he needs to study on that issue. So he'll read four books and be really focused on learning how to do certain things, and then um, he'll just stop reading until he ha runs into another problem. But I think all of those leaders, you know, have a common. Um, idea that, you know, continual growth and knowledge is Learning. something that is going to benefit their leadership abilities. Yeah. I don't think it's so much like necessarily reading personally. I just no. think just be learning and yep. be open to like learning new things to an extent, right? Don't like get so widespread learning things that done completely right, irrelevant yep. to what you're doing, but be open to learning new things. Cause no matter where you're at, you're never the smartest person. You know, you're not always going to be the smartest guy in the room. So be open to kind of taking that and learning. And I think like once you have, and what I've seen, like even this in myself is like, you look at these people and um, you can listen to the podcast, you can watch the YouTube videos and the reels and everything else till you're blue in the face. But at some point, once you've identified these character traits, you just have to act on it and you have to be intentional. Keyword there, intentional, write it down, be intentional with every single thing you do. Like, oh, I want to sit down. It's been a tough day and have a glass of whiskey. Okay. Be intentional with that choice. Like, what is that going to, like, look at your goals look at the glass of whiskey. Where is that going to get you? Right. Or just sit down and you know, you're going to turn the TV on. What are your goals? Is what you're doing, if you're intentionally watching TV, is that going to get you closer to your goals? 
Probably not, right? So make the choice, be intentional about every action you take and how it gets you closer to your goals. Yeah, I think kind of to piggyback off that a little bit, I think I, I wanted to maybe add a little word about consuming too much information or too much content and like how that can be overwhelming and lead to confusion, honestly. And people, and I guess, I mean, I've probably been to a point where I've been like, reading and listening and trying to take on so much information and going to these events. And it's like, okay, there's so much information here in my head. Not great. It's just confusing. So I would just maybe urge you to kind of refine, you know, maybe a few different leaders that you like to follow and kind of take everything with a, a little bit of a grain of salt and just be really, I just cognizant of like, this is what I need to know and not taken on. I don't think more is always better in the case of content cons- consumption when you're looking at leaders or trying to become a better leader. It's not more isn't always better. It's, I would say it's a quality over quantity type deal. Yeah, I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. And I think at the end of the day, it's when you're following people and you're looking up to these characters or whoever, I think understanding like what are your goals in life? Cause I mean, it's, you're not going to live the same life that person did, right? Like you've got your own life just cause Grant Cardone does real estate. doesn't mean you have to do real estate just cause Alex Hormozzi loves business. Doesn't mean you have to love business as well. Like you can all be in your own separate paths or do your own thing, but take the character traits of what they do. I mean, Alex Hormozzi probably like with the content he shares shows like what he's almost one of the hardest working guys that you could individually shows that like the dude sits in a closet, puts earplugs in and then just dives into like, absolute focus. I've got a set of earplugs sitting around here somewhere that I just started doing that the other day. And it helps. Like yeah. that's one little tra- trade. Like I learned from Alex is like, put the earplugs in, don't listen to music, like put earplugs in and get in the zone. Like that's helped clear my memory the last couple of days so much because it's not like this outside like noise and feedback coming in. Well, and think about how much time, like he does that. So he's like, is productive. He's, he's like hyper productive yeah. in that space. And yes. he's like, he has like six hours that he does in the morning of just dedicated work and six to six to noon is kind of his window of work. And I think you'd be amazed at how much work you can get done in a hyper-focused environment for six hours compared to if you worked 12 hours in an environment that was distracting um, and just causing you to not be productive. And so that's kind of to my point of like really being focused on my time and my energy coming back to like being strict with, my time and how it's used and not really wavering and, you know, dabbling, mixing, you know, whether it's fit, you know, whether it's my fitness and business, like I'm, I have certain areas of time allotted for each cup that I want to fill. Yeah. I think being intentional with like how you manage your time and then being, um, being efficient and making progress, I think, is a huge one. There's productivity and there's progress. And I think making genuine pro you can be productive and be busy all day long and not feel like you got anything done, right? But if you're making good progress with what you're doing, that's more important than just being busy. If you can do the same progress in three hours as it would have taken you, you know, eight hours if you're distracted by eight other things, then, you know, just allocate the time to the three hours. And that's something that why I'm so focused this year trying to find and get help with project management is that creates so many distractions throughout my day that, you know, you're driving around or you're meeting clients or whatever. And then issues come up. Like we had to interrupt this podcast and we're going to cut it out. But one of the guys FaceTime because they had a question on a job site. So you got to like stop, answer the question and like solve that. Whereas if we had a project manager in place, 
they would be able to take care of that. And so we'd have a better podcast. We'd have a better podcast. (laughs) So I'm sorry, guys. This is 100% my fault uh, if you're not liking the podcast. But um, so I think time allocation is going to be a huge one. And then just being intentional with what you do. And like, I think another great point of like trying to leap ahead in 2024, I think one thing that we could all do is just, I've heard this uh, from, um, gosh, what's his name? Justin Prince. Um, He's kind of talks about meditating on mortality a lot and like being urgent in what you're doing and, you know, having some urgency behind your work or your fitness or your family like realizing that we are going to die at some point and life is fragile. Um, so why not maximize it and, you know, put some urgency behind what you're doing. And, um, that's kind of come pretty relevant in my life. Cause I've like have, especially since having Dallas, I've just kind of gotten to a point where like, boy, I don't want to mess this up and I don't want to get to the end of my life or, and look back and like, man, I really did not, I was not a great father and I like that's been really heavy on me lately. It's just like making sure that I'm being present. I'm being intentional with my time. Obviously it's going to change as he grows up, but um, just being kind of having the idea that I am going <laughs> to die someday. And I think um, we all, I mean, we all should have that mentality that we are going to die um, and live our lives urgently so that we can be more, uh, productive and more um, effective with our time in every area of our life. I think one of the things like kind of to that respect a little bit, that's um, put it into perspective for me is like, I've got, you know, really big vision and goals for long-term planning. Sometimes it's hard to see, you know, even setting like you've got a big five-year goal for the company or three year, or even, you know, this year, one year goal for the company but what are you going to do every single day to get to that goal? Like kind of set those goals and have them, you know, visualize them, see them, you know, understand what they are and really visualize it. But then every single day, don't forget like, Oh, like, yeah, it's going to be the end of the year. Like, you know, I'll get there, but I'm just going to watch some TV today. Like if that's your goal and you've pushed yourself, like do every maximize every, the word you said, maximize really caught my attention there. Maximize every single day to get towards that goal. And maybe you'll get there sooner, but just maximize every single day to be as efficient as possible um, to make the progress that you want to make. Yeah, I th- kind of to that point, I was thinking earlier and I lost the thought, but now it came back to me of like setting like KPIs for your life, like key performance indicators, yeah. like measurables that you can actually, you know, check, you know, check it off the list or, you know, hit a certain number. Like I feel like that could be something that would help your life be more structured and be more, um, I guess, disciplined in your time and energy spent. Um, and I think that's something that I would like to do more of. I want to set more personal KPIs and measurables for myself. Um, and I think that would be a great way, an effective way for you to hit your goals. Um, and not forget about like, I feel like it's really easy for people to set goals. You know, it's a new year. Let's set some goals. And they do it for, you know, a month or two. And, you know, I've, I've fallen into this rut. Like you do it and then you slip on a day or something around and you want to just, you know, and then, you know, you get to a point where you're like, Oh, geez, I haven't done that for months. It's, I don't think it's too late 
I wouldn't say it's too late. Like some people might say, oh, I haven't been doing it. Might as well just better luck next year. Mail it in for the rest of the year. Um, but I think, you know, like it's back to my point of like setting KPIs, I think is a great way to kind of stay on track and keep consistency throughout the seasons um, of change and throughout the months of the year, because we only have 12 months of a year. And that's pretty crazy to think about. And they go quick and it's amazing how fast this last year went. It seems like just last year, um, I was in Boston with my wife for New Year's and it's like, boy, that seems like it was just yesterday. Um, so I would say live urgently, live, uh, with the idea that you're going to die someday and, um, not to scare you, but I think it's important that we realize that life is fragile and we need to be urgent and maximize our time and, um, set measurables, I think is a great way to kind of stick to what you want to accomplish. Yeah. To touch on that, like live urgently, but don't, don't set unrealistic goals. We're like, well, shoot, you know, I got to move this timeline up. So like to an super unrealistic timeline because you want to have the Lamborghini yeah, next right. week. Like, you know, set realistic goals. And, um, I've heard people say like, it's crazy what you can get done. And like, people think what they can get done in a year is actually going to take them like five years or it's crazy what you can get done in five years versus like one year, one year, you're not going to see that much of a change, but if you're working every single day towards that, it's going to compound over five years. And it's like that hockey stick graph where it's going to be slow at first, especially if you're just getting started, it's going to be slow. But once it starts to take off, it takes off and you got to just keep working at it, stay consistent. Um, and don't let, you know, little failures or losses or things like get you down and give up on the goal. So Set the goals, stick to them, and don't give up. Yeah, and be okay with not having the result right now. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, I it's, mean, I mean like the delayed gratification of... Yeah, understand you know. that the efforts you're putting in right now is for a result that's, like you said, years late down the road, or it could be even months, or um, especially if you like you're working on your fitness or you feel like you're out of shape. I mean, I feel like you can recover your your health and months. And I think, you know, people, you know, get back into it and they don't see results, you know, within the first month or two, and then they kind of get, you know, upset or down on themselves. So they kind of, you know, lean off the gas, but that's when you need to lean into it a little bit harder and realize that it's going to be a, a journey. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. I think you just got to stay consistent for a longer period of time and realize that it is going to take a long time to reach the level of success that, you know, that deck a million dollars or, you know, company or whatever, it's going to take time. If you is, see these is idiots, a million, like tens like, of millions. Yeah. Tens of millions. Okay. Yeah. But you like, you see these idiots on Instagram and social media that are like, Oh yeah, like six months, like trading Forex and you can have all this and blah, blah, blah. And all this dumb shit. Like it's going to take time real. Like there's anomalies where people, yeah, strike it big and whatever. And then they go create a course and a bunch of ads and all this crap and pump it down your throat. But <laughs> I think at the end of the day, like it's just going to take more time to create something real that's lasting and not this like get rich quick scam of what the internet and social media sells you. So right. when it doesn't happen quickly, don't let that get you down. And everyone that's telling you that it should be able to happen in six months is full of shit. It's going to take longer than that. Well, and those, those influential people that we talked about earlier, the Ed Milets, the Andy Frisella, um, those people have built real stuff and they're, far more successful than anyone you see on social media. Um, so that just kind of goes to show that, and that it took them years 
tens of tens of years, you know. Andy said it was like 12 years of eating shit and not getting anywhere and making any money. Yeah, he's 25 years into it right now. And it wasn't until after that that he kind of, where he started to focus on like what he enjoyed. He goes, if I'm not going to make any money doing this, like what do I just want to do at the end of the day? And that's when the company took it. That goes to show like it's not going to happen overnight and you need to put the work in regardless. I mean, even if you don't, you're not seeing, I mean, you need to be, have an idea that, you know, you're headed in the right direction. You're seeing some wins, but um, you got to just understand that you're not going to win overnight and it's going to take 20, 30 years, which to, is to build kinda, something real. Yeah. When big. you want to build something big and yeah. something that's, you know, something that you can be proud of. I don't think you get to that point. You're like, Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> I made it. Like, I, I think there's those type of people they are, they're always chasing better. Yeah. Um, and I think that you and I are kind of that, that same way of like, wanting to continue to improve and, you know, push our lives so we're not stagnant and feel like we just are just living. Live your life to the fullest. Yeah. In every aspect. Like why? Why would you not try to tap into your full potential? Why do you want to be on your deathbed looking back and wishing like, I really wish I tried harder? You're not going to miss. At the end of it all, you're not going to look back and go, man, I really wish I finished that TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Or I wish I bought the new iPhone or I had this. You're just going to wish that you succeeded at everything that you tried at, or, you know, you at least made the effort. Right. You, know, you don't want to yeah. just look back and I just didn't even try. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, um, 2024, we're going into it with some big goals, big aspirations, but we're going to be, what we do every single day is going to be an intentional working towards those goals. Um, and we're going to be working on ourselves a lot too, to get better. Cause we understand that to get to the next level in our company, we need to level ourselves up first because we are the leaders of those companies. So that's, that's really our main focus for this year is being the best version of us and being intentional every single day to follow our core values and our purpose. So I think the actions we're going to take in 2024 are going to get us from the the six figure income level to hopefully the exit into the seven figure income level. So looking forward to those actions that we're taking and hopefully you guys get some value out of uh, what we talked about today and hopefully gain some perspective on how you can move into this new year of trying to separate yourself and be becoming a great leader and doing the things that you need to do to reach your goals. Thanks for listening to the show guys. Uh, if you could share the show with friends and family, we appreciate it. Post it up on Instagram, tag us. We'll um, share it. We'll share it on our stories or wherever yep. MN Lifescaper and Carson Shifsky. So thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next week on the six figure exit. Peace. Peace.